politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for everything that matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. And what is that? It's pretty much everything that affects a country, culture, sovereignty, security, economy, and liberty. It is all on the line. Multiple leverage points that we face with the sphere of influence we have over it, whether it's red states, whether it's the budget bill, whether it's primaries, whether it's harnessing national attention and current events towards key outcomes, every day is an opportunity that with the Con Inc. infrastructure we have, we're going to have next week, uh, you know, CPAC and all this stuff. There is so much that could be done, but it won't be done because we are suffering from a movement that is inflicted with or afflicted with listless vessel syndrome. And uh, when you're a listless vessel, you get the worst of all, where you're just totally directed by wherever the current and the waves are in the wind, but then you flail around because you so badly don't want to go in that direction, you try to like shove it back the other direction. (laughs) Ultimately, you don't get to a destination, but you get the worst of all, where basically to move that analogy to reality... You get to the destination the left wants you to get to, but on the way you have reactionary bullcrap that makes you even more unappealing and unfocused. And that's essentially the state of the GOP, conservative media, Con Inc. So we're going to go over this through the prism of Free For All Friday, a bunch of different stories we didn't get a chance to go to um, and kind of go around the horn. First, we're proud to be back this year with Fast Growing Trees as a sponsor. You know, it it might not look like that. It's going to snow here over Saturday, but spring is just around the corner and it's planting season. And nothing makes me happier than having a nice garden or a little oasis of freedom, land ownership that we still have in this country that's under assault, make it look nice. And did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? They have 10,000 different kinds of plants, over 2 million happy customers. And by the way, in addition to their outdoor stuff, we got um, an indoor lime tree. And within one season, it's growing real limes. It's pretty amazing. You could They also have lemon, avocado, olive, and fig trees that all grow inside. You know, Even over the winter, uh, my wife loves the indoor stuff even better. And they ship it directly to you in one to two days. They also have a 30-day alive and thrive guarantee. I, I can't tell you how many times I went to you know, Lowe's or something and then went to their nursery, planted something, and then it was just dead. It was like, oh, I'll splurge for the extra cash. You know, This looks really nice. 100 bucks down the tubes. Doesn't grow. So they guarantee it. They also have experts you could call um, uh, you know, ver- available 24-7 to give advice. So they pretty much have everything. If you go to fastgrowingtrees.com, they they could curate for you what's good for shade, what's good for privacy, natural beauty, whatever you're looking for. So right now, they have the best deal online because, you know, it's that time of the year you want to take advantage of it. Listeners to our show get an additional 15% off when using the code conservative at checkout. That's an additional 
15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using promo code conservative at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, uh, promo code conservative. Offer is valid for a limited time. Tell them we sent you. Okay, so folks, nothing embodies the listless vessel syndrome more than what we're seeing on Ukraine. Okay, the Ukraine-Russia false dichotomy that we're seeing. So here's about a minute clip I want to play for you from Trump. And and mind you that Trump has been relatively, I mean, he's hinted at this a couple of times, but relatively strongest on issues like this, you know, much more so than domestic policy. He's been relatively better on foreign policy that look, you know, you know, we, we just cannot get involved in more funding of other armies like we did in the Middle East forever. But here is what he had to say about Ukraine uh, yesterday on the campaign trail. Dollars more, 60 billion with a B. They want to give him 60 billion more. And I said, wait a minute, do it this way. Loan them the money. If they can make it, they pay us back. If they can't make it, they don't have to pay us back. Loan them the money. Put it as a form of a loan. Why should you just hand it over to them? Do it as a form of a loan. I do that with athletes. They can't quite, you know, like a professional golfer who I think is very good. They don't have any money, but they have a lot of talent. I'll say, here's the deal. I did it with a number of people. Here's the deal. What I want to do, professional golfer, I play golf. I play very nice. Did you see the picture of me, the horrible picture with the stomach out to here? That was. So what I do is I'm putting up today a picture of me actually, what I actually look like hitting a ball, smashing the freaking ball. And you'll see quite. I wouldn't say slim. I wouldn't say slim, but not bad. But the ball does go far. I would say it goes about nine times further. Then Biden can hit it nine times. Okay, folks. So I don't even know where to unpack this. We're going to give a loan to Ukraine. If they can't pay it, they don't have to pay it back. I do that with athletes. So one thing, everything with him is always a business deal. It's not ideological. That's important to understand. So he doesn't stick to his guns that, no, this is just stupid. So the system, the rhinos, the the, the Connells and, and Democrats, Schumer, they, they put f- together for him a certain false dichotomy. So he's like, oh, I'll, I'll do a better job at your false dichotomy. He goes with the system's narrative. And then he veers off into something about a golf swing. Slim, slim. It's these weird pronunciations of words. Sounds like a retard. I don't know why. Have you noticed that he does that with the L's? L. I don't know what he's trying to do if he's vaccine injured. But anyway, this was the issue du jour of his base. Now, it's also the issue du jour of something that rhymes with Tucker. So it's very interesting. Something, something's very interesting. On the same day, something that rhymes with Tucker put out all these funky videos of him walking around in Russia, shopping in Russia. He's literally there saying how awesome Russia is and how America sucks. Now, look, I think a lot of us are very down on our country, but it's quite another thing to go over to Russia and shop around and say that. And again, I was... The first one of the first people within the just like I was with COVID, I didn't buy into the Ukraine scam. Done. We're not funding it. We're not doing it. 
We're going to focus on all the issues that we're going to focus on. We have a budget fight that we have leverage on. We have the red state um, primaries. We have the red state legislative sessions. That's where we need Tucker. But instead, he's dead silent because he's too stupid to focus on that. But he goes in the opposite direction. Again, this is what a listless vessel is. Either you go with the system or I'm so defined by that. I want to show I'm so anti-Ukraine that I'm so pro-Russia I'm going to go there and piss on America. How about none of the above? It's just stupid. But then he, here's the kicker. The same day that happened, Tucker's idol, Meta Trump, goes and says now he's for giving them loans that they don't have to pay back. When that's not even the point, it's not even the debt. I'm saying even if we had all the money in the world, we, it, we shouldn't be funding that. It's not in our interest and it will never go anywhere. And certainly according to Tucker that he's downright pro-Russia, and he said that before. He said before, quote, I'm rooting for Russia. Again, he's, he's America first. He's not for anyone else except he is. Just like he's rooting for Gaza. Kind of interesting. But the point is that Tucker is, so on the one hand, he's so blackpilled on the systems issue of Ukraine that he wants to go the other way and not just be pro-Russia, but dump on America while being in Russia. But then on the same day that Trump goes and, and, and says he's for loans to Ukraine, he won't utter a word of criticism. Now, wait a minute. So all week he's been bashing Ben Shapiro. Now, Ben's not where you and I are on Ukraine, but honestly, he's he's kind of moved off of it. You know, he's always late to the game, like, like with the vaccines, but he moved away from it, and he's moved away from funding Ukraine. He doesn't support it. But Trump does. Trump is the leader of the party, the leader of the movement, the presidential nominee, the guy that all these people think is going to be president because they believe the stupid polls. Once again, na naively. But... Who's more relevant, Ben Shapiro or Donald Trump? And yet he won't utter a word about him. Just like with COVID. COVID's terrible. The vaccines are terrible. Oh, but I'm interviewing Trump a day after he said they saved millions of people and I won't utter a word. This is, the, this is where the Trump movement, the Tucker movement is. They're black-pilled with regard to everything, but then they're downright white-pilled with regard to Trump. So it's the worst possible mix. Because, you know, at least if they're just blackpilled with everything, maybe we can get some sort of burn it down result. But no, because they're white-pilled with Trump, Trump goes and rejuvenates Bud Light, rejuvenates all the rhinos, rejuvenates all their policies. So we get nothing. We get the worst of the lowest common denominator of the policies and his persona and unpopularity with suburban voters. So there's just nothing there. Or it's like, oh, you know, okay, we're going to lose. Let's fortify in red states. No, they think we're going to win. Trump's going to win. Meanwhile, we're getting crushed. Trump people, by the way, know this. The ones on the campaign, you know, I have my sources. They, th Their analytics on sub suburbia is terrible. And what you're, whatever you're gaining with black voters is so in the margins, it gets you nothing. And they know this. Okay, there's nowhere on the ground we're seeing any elements of this. But this is what we now have. Remember, the GOP cannot cheat on us 
unless Con Inc. is okay with it. Yet now we have a new layer of Con Inc. that claims to be opposed to Con Inc., that claims to be cognizant of, yeah, the whole GOP is just awful. But then they're 100%. But, but what's their answer to that? Not joining us on the State Freedom Caucus initiatives and the primaries and forcing national attention on leverage points that you could command attention on people like Christy Nome in South Dakota to do the right thing. We'll get to that. It's just 100% Trump, Fannie Willis, the, the trials, Hunter Biden, things that will lead to nothing. And what happens when you lead to nothing is that you get no results. And when you get no results, you lose. I say this often. Results creates a bandwagon effect. When you just go and do things, the normies are like, oh, I guess that's where it's at. Because the normies think that they believe in a system. So if you act on a system and start enacting policy, they're like, oh, I guess that might, must be the right thing to do. The left does this all the time. We saw this with Obamacare and gay marriage. Gay marriage was very unpopular. But then what they did is they just did it in the courts. So people are like, oh, I guess, I guess it's right. Same thing with Obamacare. Democrats lost more power over Obamacare than over any issue in, in American history. But then now, but eventually it, it, it became popular because that was part of the system. And Republicans didn't uproot it before you know, it became cemented. We could do the same thing with state deportations and fighting uprooting green energy while it's so ineffective now and unpopular. And there's so like the the electric car stuff, every day we have more stuff on its impotence, ineffectiveness, dangers, car insurance spiking from it. Um, the trendy stuff we could do this, we could do this on a government shutdown. When you actually have a government shutdown over a certain issue, we will not fund inflation, invasion, indoctrination, inquisition against political opponents, and Islamicization. You know, the funding of Hamas and the UN. We could totally put Biden and his henchmen on defense, yet, uh, yet we don't do this. Yet we don't do this. Because we have the lowest common denominator of impotence. Like, everyone's like, whenever I point this out about Trump, well, we have no choice. Well, what else are we going to do? Well, actually, we did have a primary, but you ignored it. Um, but, you know, there's, I'll, I'll tell you what you can do. You can get involved in all the primaries and local legislative fights that I'm in and the budget fight. Why, why is, why am I the only one saying that Republicans took a 13-day President's Day vacation. Who does that? 13 days ahead of the March 1st budget deadline when we we started to harness national attention the most ever on the border. Yet, it went nowhere. It got jujitsued into a black hole. And now, you know, Johnson became a hero Charlie Kirk is praising him because he won't make things worse and put even more lighter fluid and pass the Ukraine bill. Okay, but that just gives him more clout to screw us on the budget. And and uh, I want to start with the budget today. And we'll kind of just do a round robin. We'll go with the budget. We'll go with immigration, some of the political news, and then uh, some state issues. But first, our other sponsor today Policy genius. You know, I was thinking recently, healthcare is destroyed in America. 
You have no way to shop for health care or health insurance post-Obamacare. If you don't get it from work, you're screwed. Um, and even from work, it, 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 it increasingly is taking a bite out of both the employer's contribution and then your paycheck. With life insurance, it still is functioning like a normal market. And you could still shop around for cheap options. Policy Genius is the best way of doing it. When I just got married, it was the type of thing I was like, really? I need to spend money on that? You know, because you don't see any tangible benefit from it. But that's life. You got it, you gotta do it. You can't leave your wife and kids. You know, I I have a, I have four kids, I have a wife, I'm the primary uh earner. And I will tell you, you really do need a million in coverage for that level. Some people, you have fewer kids, you can get away with maybe 600000 But you need a lot. What you get from work is not enough. Um, and that's why I went to policygenius.com. Okay, policygenius.com. You save time and money. And what they do is they they aggregate for you all of the options, apples to apples comparison and here's the thing with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million in coverage. And some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Um, they also have a hotline you could call. So it's not just some funky website. And you could, you know, you know, make sure that that you're comparing apples to apples. So again, head over to policygenius.com um today and get your free life insurance quotes to see how much you could save because your family depends upon it. So folks, again, the biggest thing in politics, I don't understand it. Right now, if you are really black-pilled, you could force a shutdown over winning issues. What's the whole deal with Republicans right now? What's the, what's the deal with them? The deal with them is that they're winning on the issues but losing elections. Okay, Whenever it's about issues, they win. And this has always been true. When it's about personalities, especially the one that defines them, they will lose. So they're not able to convert it to have a focus over the issues because it's always over a soap opera. Like I said, you're not going to win with... The trials are what they are at this point. You're not going to win on that. You're not going to win on Hunter Biden. You will win on the border. But you need something to drive attention to it. Imagine, oh, wait, why is the government shut down? Oh, the border. This is from Punchbowl. There was a meeting with Freedom Caucus guys like Bob Good, Michael Cloud, Chip Roy, Byron Donalds. And then you had a bunch of rhino appropriators like Tom Cole, David Joyce. By the way, those two were um, endorsed by Trump. I tried to defeat both of them, especially David Joyce. But Paul Ryan and um, Donald Trump endorsed him against. There was a local guy, a guy who was like a local county com- commissioner, ran against him. I, I endorsed him at the time. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've been around long enough that I've pretty much worked against almost all of these people that are screwing us. And they say there was a long meeting with spats of yelling. But the basic gist is this. Appropriators effectively told the hardline conservatives that they have no chance of exacting kinds of poison pill riders. What we're talking about that the House approved in the GOP-only spending bills. The Cardinals argued that a government shutdown was idiotic and would only hurt House Republicans. Could you imagine that with a senile guy, you will never get a better opportunity. But this is where the party is. 
And the reason is because when Trump was president, he said the same thing. We can't have a government shutdown. And he endorsed all these guys. Eight years into Trump's stewardship and absolute monopoly over the party, it is the same thing, but the stakes are, are, are worse than they ever were. And, and that's the thing. You don't have Tucker and Megyn Kelly and all these people saying, building the case like I was, saying they should come back in session while Schumer is vacationing and, and, and has all these overseas trips to Ukraine. Have House Republicans come back. And, and here's what I don't understand. Back in the Boehner days, they used to at least pass our bill. So they would, like, for example, you would pass a bill to unify the conference that we're going to fund government. But, you know, some of these things, at least that, you know, catch and release the border, the trainee stuff that we should all agree on. The Green New Deal, okay, maybe the rhinos won't agree on that. But, you know, defunding Hamas and the UN is certainly pretty unifying within the GOP. Um, across all you know caucuses, and at least lay down that marker, and every day debate another aspect of it: the border, the indoctrination, the you know Biden's war on Israel. Like one of the things that unites all Republicans, much to the chagrin of something that rhymes with Tucker and this reactionary right, is Israel. And I, I I understand why some people are bothered that they seem to care more about Israel than America. But it still is true that Biden is siding with Hamas. And again, like I say all the time, we don't have to send them more money, just ban Biden's policies. Biden just has a, um, just announced that he has sanctions on Israelis from Judea and Samaria, but he's allowing Palestinians to stay in America past their visa expiration due to humanitarian needs. Okay? He's totally screwing with them. So, they have a huge opportunity to make a fight about that. Funding UNRWA, which is literally Hamas. And you could always reserve the prerogative to cave and capitulate in two weeks from now. But at least for now, pass it. They're not even initially passing the good bill. In the Boehner days, that's what we did. We've gone backwards. We won't even initially pass that. Okay? You could always cave and get scared of the government shutdown when you come close. But at least try. They won't even do that. And nobody is even calling for it. Because again, we're black-pilled on everything. Nothing matters, Daniel. Just elect Mitha Trump. But they're stupid in two ways. Both in their naivety of the likelihood of him getting elected and and also in in the, the the notion that he's going to be where you are on the issues. I mean, we we started off the week talking about how the left uses the news cycle to drive outcomes and we don't and we we used these shootings and it's amazing. I was talking about we had this and it's totally out of the news, totally forgotten most people don't even know what happened. Another tranny shooting in a church in Texas. That was an illegal alien, tranny, pro-Hamas criminal. Checked all the boxes. And there was no effort to steer that towards the trend. And we now have like 10 examples of tranny mass shooters 
Instead, the left is allowed to use it. You have the, the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, victory parade. 25 injured, couple killed. And they're using it for gun control. We don't have, that's what a listless vessel is. We don't have a forward-looking movement that actually creates a culture of success. And by the way, the more you would implement these policies, the more you get to implement more policies. Normally you think, well, you have to, you know, tread lightly, right? No, but people are stupid. People are attracted to a strong show of force. And that's what the left does. The more radical they implement, the more stuff they could implement beyond that. But instead, we're putting all our eggs into a man that doesn't share our values, never will, is unlikely to win. And rather than focusing on the primaries and the legislative sessions and the budget bills, red state interposition, it's all this. So much so, I don't know if you guys saw the story, Lara Trump, that Trump is nominating as co-chair of the RNC, she announced that their goal is that every dollar has to be spent on the presidential campaign. That that nothing is going to be put into anything down ballot. The exact opposite of what needs to happen. Trump is screwing us on the issues. He's screwing us electorally that it's not like he's raising money. It's not like it's going to go towards ground game in early voting. It's going to go to pay his legal bills. I'm sorry, but we didn't have this debate when he was when we had a primary because my colleagues didn't want to have it. So you know what? We got another eight and a half months. It's a long time away. We're going to have it now because we need to have that. But but instead, they're not going to spend a, a dime at a, a time when we should be fortifying red states, at least win the red states. No, not a penny will be spent on down the ballot. Every bit will go into Trump. Do you not see that it's all about it, – it, it is so funny. There's elements on the right that are so reactionary now that not only are they suspicious of things with evidence like the COVID vaccines, but it's like the Holocaust is fake. The October 7th attacks were fake. Everything is fake. But Trump is pure as the wind driven snow. He wakes up every day and he fights for us. Meta Trump, Willie. I mean, like, are you that retarded? At least if you're going to be black pilled, be consistent about it. But it's like, oh, Ukraine is so bad that I'm going to kiss Putin's rear end. Oh, but then Trump could come out and say he's for giving loans to Ukraine and somehow not, not a word. Do you know that none of these guys criticized? They said that's the number one issue. And then when this comes up, nothing. You're, you're not going to change the guy if you don't pressure. Again, like, like I, I, I said at the beginning of the week, we have two people in the Senate in, from deep red states, Kevin Kramer from North Dakota and Roger Waker from Mississippi, who voted for the Ukraine bill. Trump endorsed them. Why is nobody picking up the phone? There's this whole article out I saw in Real, Real Clear Politics from Philip Wegman on Don Jr. saying how, you know, Charlie Kirk is basically part of the family. So if that's the case, Charlie, you identified Roger Wicker as being in cycle and having voted for the Ukraine bill. 
He has two challengers. Why don't you get Trump to endorse his challenger? He could pull an endorsement. You know what? I'm just thinking now. Trump did that before to Mo Brooks in Alabama. Mo Brooks, who was a Freedom Caucus guy and stood by Trump so much so that he almost got arrested for January 6th. And then he dumped him and supported Katie Britt, a rhino who's a lifelong Democrat that we're now stuck with forever as Senate. Total McConnell stooge. And on that note, on that note, um, there's there's news more. Montana, the system got what it wants. The Trump establishment, McConnell, McCarthy, and Trump got together, and now Rosendale pulled out of the race. And, you know, it was probably the right thing to do because he would have gotten humiliated because you can't win against that juggernaut. When you have the Trump establishment together with McConnell, you're done. And you know the irony? On the same day a poll came out and showed that... uh. Tester, the Democrat, is, is leading Sheehy, the McConnell-endorsed candidate, by nine points. Uh, th- so all this talk that somehow, oh, no, it's an electability issue, Daniel. No, it's not. No, it's not. Same, same thing. There's no evidence that their guy is more electable as a stronger candidate. It's just that if he ever would get in there, he would be another vote for... McConnell will be out, but it will be another vote for... Thune or whoever replaces him. In other words, if you ever McConnell's probably not going to last the year. So you're you're you have like this group of ten guys that's sort of forming a they don't call it this, but kind of like a Freedom Caucus. You know, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Ron Johnson. Uh, you got J.D. Vance, uh, maybe Ted Budd's thrown in there. Rick Scott likes likes to play double game with it. Um, maybe Holly here and there couple guys, a couple more. Um, so let, let's just say Ted Cruz or, or Ron Johnson would run for minority leader. So it would be one of them versus either Thune or Barrasso or Cornyn. Who do you think Sheehy's going to vote for? Okay? I mean, he, he owes his allegiance to them. By the way, another important thing, this is just another... Uh, data point that the Trump Fox polls showing Trump running the table and winning like a 1988 style victory is is a psyop, just like the 2022 elections were. Because I, I understand Tester is one of these rare Democrats that's still hanging on in a red state and is popular. I get that, but that sort of environment would not allow for him to be leading by nine points in Montana. It it just doesn't happen that way. And there's a lot of examples of this. <laughs> By the way, you have all these Republican chairmen um, announcing they're not running for re-election. That never happens on a year where the environment is really like that on the ground. In fact, it's not. And everyone knows that. That's the reality. But anyway, getting back to the listless vessel stuff. You know, Immigration. We had this big thing, oh, Texas, this, that. This is what the Trump duplicity has done. It has allowed people like Greg Abbott to create a fake fight to ingratiate himself to the conservative base, all in, all the while ensuring we don't get results. So I warned you guys that it was a fraud, that they're coming, they're being brought in um, in other places. and. Basically, 
the feds didn't challenge in court them fortifying Shelby, Shelby Park, you know, an Eagle Pass. They basically gave it to them. So that way we wouldn't have a unifying inflection moment, but they just get what they want. And Greg Abbott does nothing about it. This is from Todd Benzman at The Federalist. There's something called a Kickaboo tribe, a small 120-acre reservation abuts the Rio Grande in western Maverick County, just south of Eagle Pass. So I've heard they're coming in north about 15 miles in places like it's called Normandy, um, a flat area. They're also coming in in Maverick County on this Indian reservation. One official in position to know uh, Kikaboo country said the legal crossing numbers on that land have skyrocketed from the usual one or two per day to more than 400 and up to 500 on a weekend. It was always easier to cross elsewhere in the area. Um, with all that is going on just up river from the reservation, pitch perfect circumstances in and around the tribal land point, a land point to far larger numbers of of immigrants. I don't know why he says immigrants. I hate when he does that. Who likely will begin to cross here? Higher traffic threatens to drag the highly private Kickaboo tribe, whose name has barely been uttered amid border amid border crisis chaos, into the Biden Abbott fray and expose the tribe to angry public criticism. By the way, what is the what is it with this crap of in the year 2024, we have these autonomous tribes that get to work with the cartels because we've had this for years on the Arizona border. This is the first time I've seen it in Texas. Uh, Arizona, there's a massive, it's like half the state border with Mexico is a, tri- uh, a reservation that somehow they get to override our national security. Kind of like with um, Oklahoma, you know, uh, Gorsuch basically gave half of Oklahoma to Chickasaw autonomy. Like, what is this? Either be a part of America or not. You know, they get all the benefits of it. They play this game. I mean, let's let's cut the bull out. That, that's just a separate thing. I'm, I'm sick of this Indian affairs business. It's just, it's just utter nonsense, and everyone knows it. It's so political and stupid. It doesn't help anyone. They live in poverty, have a lot of social problems. Their stupid tribal authorities are corrupt as hell. They enrich themselves like a cartel. And then they get to be on the border and subvert our sovereignty. So that's, that's just a side point. But number one, what, what's basically happening now is a couple things. A mixture of the river levels being high, the weather being cold, and then the Mexican government is paying back Biden. So they're holding some people back as a payoff to Biden to put, put pull down the numbers during an election year. But then a lot of them, the, the Mexican government is helping steer them to the ports of entry. So they, they just bring them in there. So what you're ha- having now is the perfect storm where both Abbott and Biden get to claim lower numbers, but it's all a mirage. And also, so one of the things that they're brilliantly doing, and by the way, you know, for those who make fun out of Biden, he's eating our lunch. So he's brilliantly moving the Overton window. When, whenever you have a trend line, you don't go straight up. It's up, down, up, down. But but the, the trajectory is broadly up, where gradually the ups get higher than the previous ups, and the lows are still higher than the previous lows. So we've had this a couple times where it goes up and down. So we had a record high in November, December, 
crashing 300,000, and then now it will go down even 50%, which, oh, that's a lot. But it's still higher than the previous low of like, what was it, July, August of last year? So it's still higher than at any point in the previous decade. You know, like 150, 160,000, and that's like a record low. And then that's how you acculturate people. Oh, we're, we're defeating it. And you get all these headlines, meaning in the past, you have a, a, a month with 160,000. That was, that was a record. And now you get to have a headline, kind of like what they do with inflation. Oh, no, it's down. It's down. And Greg Abbott is playing right into that. So that entire fight was fake. It all needed to build up to not just Shelby Park, but we're going to deport along the border. We're going to assume full function of immigration enforcement. You have the other states saying they're going to do that together. And then you drive that into a budget fight. They're doing none of that. It was all a talking point. It was all fake. Everything is fake. It's all fake. Let me tell you the antidote to this. What's not fake? The opposite of a listless vessel is someone who gets results, drives towards something. Speaking of immigration, here's a headline from Politico. Quote, there was a lot of anxiety. Florida's immigration crackdown is causing patients to skip care. One of DeSantis' most controversial immigration policies has led to women shunning mammograms and parental care out of fear that they'll be forced to reveal their immigration status. At issue is a new Florida law requiring hospitals that receive Medicaid dollars to ask patients about their immigration status. Undocumented migrants in Florida are now steering clear of hospitals and clinics, worried that they'll be arrested or deported. Talisha Thomas, executive director of the nonprofit Healthy Start Coalition in Orange County, said she's, uh, she's seen fewer migrant, pregnant migrant women seeking treatment, even in emergency situations, and at least a 10% overall decrease in the number of pregnancies the clinic directly oversees. Guys, do you, know what, do you understand what that is? Those are anchor babies. Do you know what those numbers mean? It means that DeSantis is reducing the number of anchor babies. See, you need to, where, where do they get a birth certificate from? You get it in the hospitals. Now, you might think, well, Daniel, isn't that controlled by, that's a federal policy, that Social Security and HHS automatically work together to not even ask about immigration status, and they just hand out to any organism born on American shores, they hand out a birth certificate. That's a federal policy, and that's true. But like I keep saying, if the states would demagnetize and make them fearful to go there to seek services, guess what? You don't get it. And eventually, the hope is they leave the state. But right now, they're not going to hospitals. That's what we call mission accomplished. That's what we call results. Imagine if that guy would have had control over federal policy like Trump did for four years and did nothing about this. Every time Ken Cuccinelli, his deputy DHS secretary, demanded it, he listened to Steven Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, who was the biggest globalist of all time to be Treasury Secretary. 
That is results. By the way, speaking of Florida, Biden announced a new Title IX regulation. They finalized it. They they warned about it before. Now they finalized it, that they're going to force um, boys in female bathrooms throughout the public schools, any public school that gets federal funding, which is all of them. DeSantis put out a video announcing he's not listening to it. To my knowledge, we only have one governor do- saying that so far. Maybe others will do that, but so far, nobody has done that. Results. Results matter. Results matter. Now, there's another thing I want to get off my chest. Just kind of, again, free-for-all Friday, going through a bunch of stories I haven't gotten to. In my home state, they recruited Larry Hogan um, to run for governor, for, for senator. Lockdown Larry, he was the lockdown dude. He was governor. He is the most liberal Republican imaginable, imaginable literally a Republican name only. And even the MAGA people, it's funny. A lot of these guys, they think they're so enlightened, but they come full circle because they're so stupid and they give the same faggot, you know, rhino arguments that I dealt with 15 years ago. Daniel, he might not be my cup of tea, but that's what we need to win in Maryland. Okay, first of all, you're not winning Maryland. That might be an argument maybe in a swingish state. Maryland is so blue, you're not winning it. He's not winning it. It's a joke. Um, They came out with a poll showing him ahead, but again, it's it, all these polls are garbage. It's also a function of the Democrats have no, um, the candidates are new. They don't have like a, a really like well-known Larry Hogan obviously is well-known. It's a function of name ID. But once you get to a general election and Democrats have all the money they need. Um, so here's the deal. Trump is like the most unpopular ever in Maryland. Maryland is the most trending blue state in, in America. You could actually look at the 2016 versus 2020 returns by County. And, and he might've done, he might've lost the most ground in any state in Maryland. As opposed to, for example, New Jersey and New York, I could see are, are actually there's there's elements that aren't as as bad in terms of the trend line. Maryland is blue, 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 blue. A lot of that also is just because of the growth of the federal government um, over the last you know two decades. That uh, Maryland is naturally blue, but then you have the unnatural pull of the government workers live in Maryland and Virginia. So the notion that he's going to win anyway is a joke. Okay. I mean, it's just in a year that you're struggling to pick up seats in Montana and whatever in Ohio, you're not winning Maryland. Okay, it's just not happening. But moreover, I will never, ever vote for that guy. People need to understand negative efficacy. By the way, his first endorsement is a Democrat congressman. He will be a fifth columnist that will work against us. And he's never going to be the 51st vote. Because again, in in a year where you're f- banking on him to be the 51st vote, that means that you're losing Ohio and Montana. If you're losing Ohio and Montana, he ain't winning. Okay, stop being stupid. He will never be the 51st vote. If you get him, he will be such a subversive force. And if you can't see that, you're blind. I will not vote for him. At some point, that's a bridge too far, and I don't care what state you're from. 
I agree with the proposition that generally something is better than nothing in a state like Maryland, but not a guy like that who is going to subvert our causes. He's going to work to be a force against. It's not just, okay, I'll quietly vote no. Uh, you know, I'm too scared. It's a blue state. No, no, no. He, he is, he's something very special, and you don't want that. Now, I just want to move over to some of the states, again, just to demonstrate how we're losing ground. We're not winning things. A day after Wyoming, the Wyoming House voted down, simply requiring the governor to get consent from the legislature for a public health emergency, they voted down a simple bill defining a woman as a woman. They just had, you know, a woman is a woman bill and needed two-thirds support because it's a budget session only. So if it's a budget session only, you need two-thirds for legislation. But that shouldn't be a problem because they have a 57 to 5 majority. Yet, 20 Republicans joined with the five Democrats to block a two-thirds majority. 20 Republicans couldn't even affirm that a woman is a woman in the most conservative state. Again, this is the result of years worth of my colleagues, media organizations on the right, not doing what I have been doing and not focusing what I'm focused on. And this is what you get. You get nothing. They focus on things that are largely out of their hands to influence. And what is in their sphere of influence, they don't influence. And again, Trump, because of his distraction, because of his endorsements, because he made our people stupid and unfocused, we're worse now than we've ever been. I'm sorry. I, I hope to just like let him do his thing and I'll do my thing. But he gets into our lane. They, they want to control everything. Have the Trump family degenerate. I mean, these people like Lara and, and Don Jr. degenerate sleazeballs. The embodiment of corporatism. The embodiment of social licentiousness. But I guess we're all for that now. And by the way, every state budget in a red state is a record high, increasing by 8 10%. And no, they're not growing like interposition forces against the federal government. You know, like a state guard or something, a state militia. <laughs> I'll spend money on that. No, it's the Department of Health, Department of Education, funding all these left-wing NGOs to culturally transform these states. I had a friend of mine who was a state senator in Arkansas. He told me, you know, because Arkansas was one of the latest states to realign you know, where the South used to be Democrat. So for a while, even as the Democrat Party became left, but locally they were still voting Democrat. There's still even vestiges of it, certain states um, like, like Kentucky. But, you know, they finally realigned over the last eight or so years. And he's like, look, I served in the old regime when Democrats controlled. And frankly, we spend more money than what, what, when the, the Dems were in charge. Oh, and don't we have an amazing governor there? Huckabee Sanders. Oh, that's right. That was another Trump acolyte that, oh, you know, because we have the Trump name and she was Trump's spokesman and Trump endorsed her so we couldn't have a primary. There actually were better people, but they dropped out because she was unbeatable. She, by the way, quietly tanked a bill that we supported last year. A friend of mine had that uh, banned all affirmative action 
in the state based on, you know, in contracting, employment, and education. It didn't even touch the private sector. Simple bill. Yet, we couldn't get it across because, I'm not kidding you, they were scared of the Black Caucus. There's something like five or six Democrats left in that Senate, and they're scared of them. So, there, there you go. There you go. By the way, that reminds me of another interesting thing. Just an example of the black pill, but then white pill. There's an article out. Um, this is the Philip Wegman article, Real, Real Clear Policy, because it's talking about Charlie Kirk. And uh, Charlie Kirk, recently we had Martin Luther King Day, and he was you know, basically saying MLK was a dirtbag and kind of, kind of trashing it. So evidently, um, Rona McDaniel and Susie Wiles, who is one of Trump's top political aides, was trying to convince Trump to throw Charlie overboard because they were saying, you're going to lose us the black vote. So again, that's the perfect embodiment of a lot of Trump's movement is going a little bit too far in my view. I mean, not that I think MLK was a great guy, but it's like, it's not a winning issue. I don't think we need to take on that fight, MLK Day. Um, it's better just, you know, on jailbreak policy, on affirmative action, just be firm on what's fair, fight black supremacism, fight the war on whites, but you don't need to kind of, you know, go after MLK. I think we could actually use that to say, you know, we're trying to implement his vision. But anyway, they're, they're very black pilled. And, and, and again, you have this a little bit going on in some, I'm not saying Charlie's this, but I'm saying some elements, certainly the Nick Funtes bandwagon where they're genuinely embrace the stereotypes. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll genuinely be a racist. I'll genuinely be anti-Semitic. Um, just kind of this reactionary European style, right? Bullcrap where, and look, I I've warned about this for years. I've said the conservative movement was cowardly in dealing with the war on whites and the, and people are very upset about it as they should be. The discrimination against whites is, is, is appalling. So, you know, they're going to go the other way and judge people by color of skin the other way. And you're going to have a blowback. You're going to have a chemotherapy and it's going to be very unfortunate. And I, I just see it coming. Um, but anyway, you have that, but Trump's inner circle, they're the other way. They're just still on this, oh, we have to win the black vote, so support jailbreak. Again, the worst, it's so weird. You have a movement that's one way, like a European-style neo-Nazi right, but then you have Trump, who's just like a cuck. It's just bizarre. But anyway, this is where we are in the States. We can't even get anything. I mean, even in Florida, even in Florida, the Senate president, Kathleen, whatever her name, Pasadino or something, she's from the West Coast there. She's horrible. She announced that we're going to stay away from the cultural bills. They have bills banning, taking down Confederate monuments, banning uh, uh, rainbow flags in state government. Basically says she's going to kill those bills. And I, I know the governor's office has leaned in on a lot of issues, but the problem is there's almost only so much capital they have. They lean in on a lot, but it's just, she's horrible. A total rhino. I know the governor worked last, last session to get a new speaker, but it seems like the, the Senate president, just even there, the Republican Party is so bad. But the problem is, the small movement we had that was red-pilled enough to recognize this, 
Guess what? They think the solution is Trump. So they're totally paralyzed from focusing on any initiative that will change it because Meta Trump will help. No, no, he won't. And let me get, let me end off the week by giving you a classic example of how he doesn't help, but he harms. Because he allows people like Christy Nome, who is the embodiment of a corporatist in a red state, destroying a red state, but allows her to ingratiate herself to the base with latching herself onto Trump while screwing us. So here's here's what she does. If you notice, she doesn't take a strong position on a single issue in her legislative session. It's like you see DeSantis out there like calling for bills on this and that. She doesn't do anything. Because what happens is, privately, her lobbyists, former staffers, former chiefs of staff, donors, allies in legislative leadership like this Senate Majority Leader Crabtree, they push horrible corporatist stuff. She makes sure not to have her fingerprints on it. But you're governor. This is your state. You're very popular. You're like one of the biggest names. Okay, it would be like, I don't know, let's say in Florida, the legislature and the Senate president pushing a carbon capture pipeline and the governor not saying anything about it. So we have this bill in South Dakota, Senate Bill 201, just passed the Senate Commerce and Energy Committee, 7 to 2. It strips county governments of their authority to have any zoning ordinances to, to, to regulate the carbon capture pipeline. Now, they throw in all pipelines, which you know people are sympathetic because you don't want every county gumming up the works for a critical pipeline, but this is not a pipeline. This is nothingness, capturing carbon. This is the biggest Agenda 2030 green scam, and it's happening in the red states with the support of every one of those governors in Nebraska, in Iowa, in Indiana, um, and, and, and the Dakotas. Christy Nome absolutely supports it. It's sailing through at lightning speed. It passed 7-2 to two with six Republicans in support, including the majority leader, Crabtree. And she says nothing about it. By the way, it's, isn't it funny how when it came to COVID, when it comes to violating human rights, like the right to breathe, oh, no, we're for limited. Go- we, we don't like telling localities what to do so they could violate human rights. But when it comes to something quintessentially local, which is ordinances, like just, you know, land use. And by the way, to protect human rights, to protect property rights. Suddenly, they want to countermand that. By the way, it's literally the same roster of of Republicans in that legislature that if we would have a bill, and we had, because what would happen is all these states said we don't have a mask mandate. But what happened was that any city with more than three people in it had the school school kids in red states going to school with masks for like two years. Like, Oh, we don't have a mask, man. Well, what do you mean? But the localities do. Oh, we don't like telling them what to do. The same people, the same SOBs. Oh, no, but they're blocking our carbon capture pipeline. Christy Nome is in bed with Summit Carbon Solutions. Because basically what was happening is that um, 
Summit asked the Public Utilities Commission to preempt the local laws, and they refused to do it. They tried to take them to court. So now they're going the legislative route to prohibit it. And they won't say anything. They won't say anything. Why are none of my colleagues joining me on Twitter and calling on Christy Nome to oppose the bill, to announce she will veto it? This is a supermajority state where you have a top Trump lieutenant that is a hero. Oh, she's so pretty. You know, everyone said good, good looking. Oh, yeah, great, amazing. Okay. And they won't wield their influence over her on the biggest. I mean, could you imagine such a dystopian issue in a red state grabbing people's land for an Agenda 2030 carbon capture? Are you kidding me? The Green New Deal? And guess what? This ties into primary primaries too. There's a whole conveyor belt of rhinos. Christy Nome plans to leave. I mean, not plans, so she's term limited. So Dusty Johnson, the at-large congressman, who's one of the leaders in the Rhino Tuesday Group Caucus, big global warming guy, by the way, huge, huge rhino, one of the biggest, one of the top like 30 liberals in the House GOP conference. He wants to run for governor. And then Crabtree, the Rhino Senate majority leader there, wants to run for the House seat. Where is the movement in place to join me? to work on the legislation, and to work on the primaries in the states that we should and could totally own. But instead, we are blackpilled on all that. Ah, nothing nothing helps. And all Meta Trump will help. What a bunch of pathetic, retard fags. And that's what they are. And folks, that's just the way it is. Sorry to end the week on that note, but, you know, that's why you, why you tune in. And again, I'm not black-pilled. I am giving you action items. Things to call your members about. Bills to support. Bills to oppose. Primaries to support. If all my colleagues would do this, we would have a different party. Just remember, the Republican Party cannot commit political adultery every single day without Con Inc. enjoying it. Enjoying it. And just remember... The new Con Inc. is the same as the old Con Inc. That's just the way it is. Hope you guys have a terrific weekend. Till next week, Micah 6-8. God bless you all.